thanks for joining our uh, first Mental Health and Wellbeing podcast. We're joined today by somebody who's willing to share their story, their experiences, their challenges and their solutions, stemming back from childhood right to where they are now. Um, and hopefully it can give you potentially some hope and some reassurance about where you are now and where you could be in the future. Uh, maybe give you some advice and some tips about things you can do in the present, things you can do going forward to get you feeling better about yourself and understanding that you're not the only person who's potentially having these struggles and difficulties. Lots of people have been going through them. Lots of people are still going through them now, but people have found ways of dealing with them and progressing with their lives. So the first person we have on is Tom Garrett of Blue Minds Podcast. Um, he's going to introduce himself and talk, talk through how he sort of moved from childhood into sort of where he is now and the journey that he's taking. Welcome, Tom. Yeah, mate. How are you doing? UK? Thanks for having me on, first of all, mate. No, um, no, yeah, thanks, so... for, thanks for giving up your time. That's brilliant. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I mean, I'll just just sort of start from, you know, sort of secondary school, really, in, in year seven. And, you know, I think as I just remember, you know, leaving year six and, you know, you think it's going to be this magical place when you go to secondary school and, you know, you're growing up and it, it comes easy. But, you know, I think there's a, probably a lot of you know people hopefully listening to this who will, can relate to that and, and you know, realise how hard it is, you know, when you go into year seven and a lot of people have to make you know, new friends and, you know, it's a lot more adult-like, there's more work comes with it, a lot more pressures come with it. Um, and I think for me, you know, I wasn't I wasn't the best behaved. In my primary school years, you know, I was really well behaved. And then I think I got into secondary school, um, you know, started hanging around with some some lads who I probably got a little bit influenced under as well, which, you know, it's it's, it's easily done. Um, and I think I think the, the you know the main the main reason for me uh, struggling through through secondary school was, you know, a lot of it was to do with, you know, fear of failure. Um, and I mean that in, in terms of, you know, not just um, lessons, or, you know, uh, academic lessons and PE, really. I mean, you know, I was always good at football, but I always doubted myself, um, you know, to, to, I remember I got asked to captain the school football team once and I wouldn't do it because I knew there was a couple of players who was better than me. Um, you know, and um, I, I remember it was in year seven, actually, when the PE teacher, I don't know whether you still do it now, but they gave you a letter to go and, you know, have trial for the county and I, I just wouldn't go. And, you know, my, my stepmom and dad at the time, you know, they were trying to trying their hardest really and I, because I knew that I weren't going to start I, I just thought what's the point um and, you know I think I think that's hard really and I can, you know I can imagine that in, in the classroom and like I say it's side in sport you know, if there's one thing that I could go back and tell myself now it's to you know just do these things because you'd rather try you know and people will always reward you for trying as well but it's better to try than you know not to have tried and then be wondering what if um you know for like the rest well, we get that in the classroom a lot in terms of um, children who are afraid to put their hand up to fail because they don't want to be seen by their peers as somebody who's got the question wrong. But I think as you go through, um, certainly for myself, going through secondary school and college, university, that sort of stuff, you realise that the, the people who tend to go on and succeed are the people that have failed and that they've realised that I've got this wrong, I've done this wrong, yeah. I've done this incorrectly, and then this is how I move forward. Whereas the people who are essentially worried about that failure, which is natural. It is scary to get something wrong. You do feel a bit stupid sometimes. You feel a little bit silly getting something wrong. Um, but it's about sort of understanding that you get it wrong, you move on. And it's about maybe reviewing a failure and then moving on from it and, and forgetting it. Because yeah. I think when you're at school, you think that everybody remembers it and everybody yeah. remembers it forever. Yeah. And they don't, 20 seconds later, everyone's forgot you didn't put your hand up. And it's about just getting used to that little bit of failure, trying it every now and again, put your hand up in a lesson and go, right, I want to try and answer this. If I get it wrong, so what? Move on. Yeah. And just and build on that step by step. 
I, su- I suppose in a way, you know, it's definitely just, just hearing you say that. And I think I used to dwell on a lot of things, you know, just, just thinking about it really. And I think that's probably, you know, the worst thing, you know, you can do. If you do get something wrong, you know, don't don't put yourself in a, you know, a bad state of mind and punish yourself for, you know, doing it wrong. As you've just said, you know, just, just get back on the horse and try again sort of thing, you know, because it, as you say, some of the you know, most successful people in the world really, I know, weren't very academic at school, but, you know, they've, they've, they've made themselves to where they are today. Oh, 100%. Um, you mentioned that when we, we spoke earlier, uh, you mentioned that you sort of had a potentially slightly strict parents, but then you got to school and it was almost like an outlet to sort of um, yeah. sort of express yourself almost. And, and it's that ego we mentioned earlier in terms of it depends who your girlfriend is or who you, what pair of trainers you've got on or what you're wearing. And we see that on non-uniform day as well. There's a lot of ego and look what cap I've got. My, my cap's worth 120 quid. And it's that how cool do you look to your mates versus how cause you look to your teacher sort of thing and obviously it's natural to lean towards your mates but it's that um that one up in each other and i think it's very very common in boys especially is that ego thing well, my, my mate's done this so i'm going to do this and, and beat yeah. him up and, and that's behavior and uh, it's classroom behavior and, and outside of school it's yeah. football boots that yeah. sort of stuff but it's classroom behavior in terms of right i'm going to put my hand up and give this really silly answer and then somebody else thinks oh, i can beat that so they try it and then they sort of they drag each other the wrong way rather than sort of dragging each other up they drag each other down and um, we yeah. just go into a bit of detail about that in terms of how you you got on at school in terms of behavior and what what dragged you um away from sort of academic stuff and what you mentioned about your ego thing and isolations and detentions and that sort of stuff when you're at school could you go into a bit of detail about that yeah yeah um so i just to just to recap so i, I was in year seven i spent uh, two years at one school um and i wasn't wasn't very well behaved again just you know just just genuinely being a class clown really and i think um my stepmom was a teacher anyway um so i think she you know just wanted me to try a different school um, and i had a lot of lads who played in the other school in my sunday football team as well so i think they thought it was going to work out a bit better um but i think that's where it all changed for me really and i've said this to a lot of people it's i remember i was in year nine when i started my new school and I think, you know, at that age, especially lads, as you say, you know, we start to, you know, you get interested in girls and you want a girlfriend, that kind of thing. And, I, you know, I always remember my first day and, you know, there was all like girls saying, oh, you know, where's he from? Who's this new lad? And it was like, I think from that day, really, I think I just kind of got carried away in that sort of, you know, as you say, that ego thing. And, you know, I was probably more worried about what girlfriend I had than, you know, what, what lesson I was revising for. But it's, as you say, I mean, you know, it's such a young age like that. You've got no pressure on you anyway. You shouldn't even be. You know, worried about that kind of thing as you say you know you, you sort of have girlfriends for two or three weeks anyway and, and normally a, a month later there's a new one um but yeah i think definitely in the classroom as well you know it was kind of just just i suppose just being stupid really you know um, back chatting answering back um you know just getting myself sent out of lessons was like a game to me really it was like how long can i what can i do that's stupid to get me sent out of this classroom within the first five minutes and you know looking back on it it's just it's stupid really and I suppose at the time, you know, there was a lot of kids laughing. Yeah. In, in with them kids really laughing because they thought I was funny, or was I just thinking, what an absolute idiot? So, you know, I think yeah. again, it's, yeah. it's 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 just trying to, and I can understand it. You know, I think for me, I had very strict parents, like you say. Um, my stepmom and dad were very strict with me. I was, you know, I was always punished for for having detention. You know, if I had a detention letter sent home, or you know, I was in isolation and. The one thing my dad always used to say was, you know, it disappoints you when the school ring me and, and that's when you knew you was in trouble. Uh, but I think that was kind of a reason why I did it even more to an extent. Um, 
And, you know, I didn't realise at the time, but I went through um, when my mum and dad split up when I was younger. Um, I had a lot of counselling and, you know, uh, therapists and stuff like that. But I always ignored it and I, I never thought that played a factor in it. Um, and, you know, as we can imagine now, a lot of, lot of kids, you know, now stepmoms, stepdads, you know, different parents or, you know, different circumstances. I think, I think it's just being just being honest, you know, and, and, and talking to, you know, someone you have got at home or whether, you know, you can, can find in a teacher, you know, just talk about your feelings really, because as I said, there was a, there was a couple of teachers, you know, I, I who was at my school who, you know, really helped me. And, and even though, you know, they couldn't do nothing in terms of me playing up and just, just being in that mindset, I think, you know, just having a grown up conversation, you know, sitting you down talking to you, how, you know, making you feel like an adult. And I think that's something, something people <clears throat> really, really respond to. Um, but yeah, so I got into you know, year 10 and 11 was pretty much a write off for me. Um, obviously, it's an important, very important time. And it's one thing, you know, it's it's not that I regret it, but I wish I'd have, you know, tried a lot harder with school, really. Um, but again, I think I said to you yesterday, it was more, it was more embarrassment, really. I didn't feel like I was that clever. Um, as you just said, you know, just in classrooms, if I, I'd never put my hand up for an answer because I always thought if this is wrong, um, I'm going to look stupid. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of my mates was in higher groups as well, um, in terms of like English and maths and science groups. I was always towards the bottom, probably because of my behaviour, really. Um, but I think, you know, I always felt a bit ashamed from that as well. And But again, you know, that was something that I could have easily, you know, sort of dealt with at that time, really, by just, if I'd have had, you know, someone to talk to and, and just confide in. I think, you know, you, there's one thing you want to do and you, you, wanna, you don't want to leave school and look back and think, you know, I haven't, I haven't tried because as you as we all know now, you know, your GCSEs go on to A-levels, A-levels go on to university and that's where, you know, the, the top, top money is now. But on the other hand, I think, you know, I was always that kind of lad who I was never really, never really interested in, in going to, to sort of college or anything. Um, even when we, we, we did study leave, so when we left in year 11, you know, I never studied. I went to, I worked in a barber, so I, I spent a lot of my, my days there, obviously, because I was getting paid and, you know, it's something my, my stepmom and dad weren't happy about really, but I think that could kind of see that, you know, I was that type of person who I wanted to be hands-on. I didn't want to be sort of sat in the in the classroom. Um, and, that, you know, I think I think it was good, though. I think it was really good for me to, I think I was in year 10 when I got my, my it was sort of a Saturday job. And I think that was a, probably one of the best things I ever did um, in terms of, you know, bringing me out my shell, getting me to talk to people who were probably a lot older than me as well at the time. I mean, I was only sort of sweeping up the shop floor and, you know, making coffees and teas, and, but just joining in with the banter and stuff, you know, I felt like it was... Um, some a place where I belong sort of thing you know I could really yeah. see myself going into that into that career so yeah I just sort of left school and I went to college obviously to get my qualification in barbering but just just carried on with it really. It's really interesting that you say um, just going back just a little bit about having that conversation with someone and personally myself I know when I was at school that I always found it awkward talking to my parents about something because it's almost like you're letting them in on, on something yeah, that's yeah. You, yourself you don't want to share everything with your parents because you want to be independent in a way yeah um but i think it's important that especially children at school now they see and i think they see us teachers as somebody who is a teacher and that's it nothing going on outside of life nothing going on before school or after school and they don't see us as people and they don't think they can have that sort of conversation with us without realizing that we are an unbiased opinion you can have a yeah. conversation with us they can say i'm struggling with this and that my friend's done this my mom's done that and i'm anxious or i'm nervous or i'm scared about something and i think yeah, it's fine. Some kids will speak to their parents and they'll speak to their siblings or grandparents or whoever. Um, but they don't really see teachers as an outlet. Yeah. They can they can share stuff with you and they know it's they should know it's confidential and it goes no further unless it needs to. 
Yeah. Um, and it'd be really interesting to see what sort of feedback we have on this in terms of when we send this out to the children and the kids in the school, um, how they feel about uh, talking to teachers and would they yeah. do that in the future and, and would this sort of help them understand that there is a time and a place to speak to someone um, yeah. and it could be anyone they trust. Um, and going on from that, you say about finding somewhere that you belong. So, yeah, school's not for everyone. Um, yeah. I don't think yeah. any teacher would try and lie and say that school's for everyone and say that, right, you have to be academic and that's the be all and end all. And if you're not, then you're naughty or you're bad. And that, that's not the case. And you say about going to a barber's and you're around people that understood you and then you found where you wanted to be. And obviously, it's quite ironic we're talking about barbering when I've got <laughs> a mop of hair on top that is desperate for a trim and yours all looks really uh, really styled and mine looks an absolute mess but you say about being a barber is um we were saying earlier it's almost like a therapist and you get to talk to so many different people from different walks of life yeah and then you realize that everyone's got an issue and not everyone's issues the same not everyone's problems the same and everyone's got different hurdles they could be a tiny hurdle that in a day's time they're over it or it could be a huge hurdle that potentially they never get over but they work towards trying to get over it they work towards managing it not falling over that hurdle and they always try and stay on their feet and this we spoke yesterday in a couple of messages in terms of you finding triggers which sort of lead to sort of the the mental health issues and i think i was talking to a member of staff earlier and we were saying that it's the best way of dealing with it is potentially not dealing with the mental health problem itself but it's finding the the triggers to start with and we're cutting it out stem and we're cutting it out the cause and we're, we're preventing it from developing and yes, yeah. finding a solution to a mental health problem is very good. But if we can prevent it starting, that's obviously the first step we need to take. Could you go into a bit of detail? I know you, sp- you said you spoke yourself to, to somebody, yeah. or some, some counsellor or a therapist or somebody that helped you. Could you go into a bit of detail on that? Yeah, yeah. Um, just, just first of all, I just wanted to say, and I think it's very important really to say this. I think, you know, when I left school and, and you know, I set up sort of a place to, uh, of belonging, and I think then at that time, you know, I was sort of 16, I had this image in my head where everything was going to be perfect again. I suppose, you know, you always think that, you know, probably before you started school as well, you know, you think it's going to be this wonderful, magical place or whatever. And, uh, you know, I think if there's one thing you definitely want to get out to people, it's, I think that the next, you know, after, after sort of leaving school and working there, you know, I, I then went in, you know, I, I was very anxious for two years of, I just felt like I'd never be able to cut hair as good as the people that I was working with. So then it was like, you know, that was the next thing. Um, and I think by the time I was about 21, I got, um, you know, just getting caught up in being a, a young lad, really, you know, probably from people who was a bit of a bad influence and, you know, just which obviously doesn't help the mental health, you know, in terms of going out drinking every weekend and that, you know, it's not all it's uh, cracked up to be in terms of mental health when you get older anyway. Um, and I think, you know, I just got caught up in a place when I was about 21, 22, where, um, a lot of people, you know, were saying, oh, you know, you should open your own shop. And again, that was another thing, you know, it's in failure. I, I just thought I can't have my own my own shop. I can't do this. You know, I can't do that. Um, um, yeah. So just just to push on a little further, you know, I, I did go to the, the GP. I think it was around about 21, 22. Um, and, you know, I, I just said, you know, the way I was feeling. Um, and I remember at the time, you know, I come away from 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 there thinking, you know, I, I don't know what to do. I was offered, you know, to be, I'll be honest, I was offered some like medication for it. Um, and I remember at that age, you know, I was thinking, I'm, I, I don't want to do this. You know, I don't want people to you know, think I'm, there's something wrong with me or anything like that. Um, and, I, I, you know, I'll be honest, my own downfall, I put that off then for another couple of years. Um, and it wasn't until actually my partner and I, we went through a bit of bad news where she lost a baby. 
um, you know, and that, that really did send me sort of on a downward spiral. And I think it was probably about six or seven months after that, you know, I, I remember, you know, going, uh, meeting up with my dad and, you know, I just sort of broke down and, and I said to him, you know, it's, it's something that I wish I'd have, I could have come to him when I was sort of 17 and 18 and said to him, because I think, you know, the key is the earlier you can talk to someone, as you've just said, you know, whether that's talking to a parent or a teacher, and it, it does sound really cliche, but, you know, it took such a, such a, a weight off your shoulders. And I remember people used to say, just talk about it, talk about it. And you're like, no, it's not going to do anything. But it, it really does. And, you know, even going to the podcast I do now, it's, you know, just I still get, you know, anxiety about doing them. But the, when you've achieved something and you've done something, you know, there's nothing nothing more rewarding than self-confidence and, and that kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, so, sorry, I went off a bit, bit tangent there. <laughs> but, yeah, when, when, when I did go to eventually get some help when I was about 23, um it was again it was i think it was a case of they can help you you know people can help you in terms of giving you you know sort of websites and support groups and stuff like that you know whether it be medication or a plan but i think you know a lot of it is a lot of it you can sit in that doctor's room and take it in but then sometimes i think you come home and, and you kind of think oh well how do i go about this now um and i think for me you know triggers is in I suppose I, I didn't realise, I mean, I don't know whether this applies to young people now, but I didn't realise, you know, I used to drink a lot of coffee all day, every day. And that is one thing that, you know, I've only realised in the last few years that causes anxiety, stuff like that. Um, and I, I just think um, a big thing for me has been sort of, you know, mindfulness. Um, again, I don't know if you've heard much about it, but, I, you know, when I first tried it, I felt stupid. I was sitting there with my pods in and, you know, there's a woman talking in your ear saying, breathe in, breathe out. But... I honestly do, you know, we, we, me and my partner, we try and do it before bed now, you know, because it, it really does get you, your head out. If you're thinking about, you know, a really anxious feeling or down or whatever, you know, just just concentrating on your breathing, you know, it, it makes your mind feel really relaxed. That's really interesting. There's three things I wanted to pick up on. Um, that first yeah, thing yeah. in terms of um, anxiety about watching somebody else cut somebody else's hair and thinking, I'm never going to be that good. Um, and I think they don't, I think, Children will, will suffer with that. My friend's better than me at this. My friend's better than that. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone suffers with that. I know I, I've been teaching for two years or a year and a half, and I've come into a profession where I see some teachers teach, and I think, I'm never going to be that good. Yeah. They're amazing. That classroom control is amazing. The way they, yeah, they yeah. make things understandable for everyone is, is really good. And I always look up to it and think, am I ever going to get there? And I, I understand where you're coming from from that point. And I think yeah. um, a lot of our students will feel the same way as well in terms of my friend's doing this and that. Why aren't I doing that? And why can't I do that? And will I ever be able to do it? Uh, another thing you mentioned as well is being able to go to your dad and wish you could have done that earlier on. Uh, yeah. and it's a very, very different situation. But I know when I was about 16, 17, and my granddad passed away and I was really, really close with him. And yeah. I think from when it happened to the funeral, I never, I didn't cry, I didn't talk about it. I almost sort of went cold to it and just thought, yeah. well, I'm not going to do yeah. this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deal with it and all this sort of stuff. And went on for ages i could feel myself just over a week or two two weeks getting sadder and yeah. sadder and cutting off friends and that sort of stuff and then after the funeral um managed to get through it didn't cry i was like i'm doing really well again it's like second walking away on my own for a minute i just couldn't just i just wait. broke down couldn't, just, couldn't yeah. stop crying for about like, for an afternoon's worth and then after that after i spoke to parents and obviously they were really concerned i felt so much better that i just had that conversation i had a bit of a crying got a bit upset and then got it out of yeah. the system and, yeah. and shared it with, with, with people around me. And it, it felt so much better. And I just thought, God, if I'd have just done this, 
the day it happened or the day yeah. after and in that time and just had a chat to somebody and let the emotions out and like a weight off your shoulders and you almost feel like a new person a bit more refreshed and yeah, got yeah. more of a positive yeah. outlook and uh, I know that you say about cliches early, but a cliche like a problem sh a problem shared is a problem half. Like you've yeah. taken that off you, um, and it, I think that's really important for people to know. Sharing it, not just the fact that you're telling someone, you're, you're taking that burden off yourself a little bit, and um, yeah. Yeah. people know around you how to deal with you, and that, and that's something I want to touch on in a minute. And people around you, how to listen, how to talk to people, would be really interesting to talk about because yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, Having the courage to talk to somebody is massive anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Being be able to express your feelings and when to do it. And I think that's an important thing. It's not, not maybe doing it in a, in a lesson or at break time when you've got 15 minutes, but doing it after school when you've got a bit of time to, to discuss it properly so you can actually express yourself properly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then yeah. the other side of it, and it's something that I myself, I think I'd struggle with in, in terms of how to listen to someone. Yeah. Um, and I know people have spoken to me before and I've always, made a huge error in terms of uh i can i word it i've made assumptions yeah yeah not yeah. everything's going to be all right though yeah and it's all right me yeah. saying it but unless you believe it it's not going to have any benefit and potentially maybe going oh, i know how you feel yeah well, i didn't yeah. really i have no idea how you feel um yeah, yeah. you're saying about yeah. that big issue in the, the, um the loss of uh, your child and, and in terms of it's all right, I could say to you, oh, I'm really sorry, I know you must be really upset. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't, yeah, I have yeah. no idea. And then you listen to me, we're thinking, you haven't got any idea, mate, you've got no idea what, what I've yeah, been yeah. through and what's been yeah, happening. Yeah. And it's learning how to listen, how to talk, and how to um, how to approach that in the correct way, I think. Um, yeah. How did you feel when you first, when you went to the doctor, you said that you felt a little bit silly to start yeah, with, yeah. maybe yeah, yeah. explaining yourself and, and that sort of thing, and then... I think once you get into a rhythm, and we said at the start of this podcast, um, I felt a little bit silly introducing it for the first time, and you said in a couple yeah, of yeah. minutes, yeah. it'll be fine, and it does feel fine, and it feels far more comfortable than it did right at the start. So how did you become comfortable talking? How did you start sharing your feelings and that sort of thing? I suppose, I think after that happened, um, you know, I sort of said after going to my dad and speaking to him, and then, you know, getting real, real proper help, really, I suppose, you know, it was in probably over the next year or so. Um, and then I think for me, it was, I can't really remember when it was really. I, obviously, I've done this for so long now. And, you know, I have a lot of conversations, as you say, with blokes, women of all ages, really, um, you know, from primary school up to, you know, pensioners. Um, and I think, it, I think it started, I'll be honest, I think I just, you know, it was cutting pen, like sort of pensioners hair. And I, I got this feeling in me where I thought, you know, I suppose it's a bit of empathy for other people, really. You know, you kind of see people struggling getting in the chair and, you know, it, I think that was it for me. I started, you know, just asking people, you know, just how are you doing? You know, are you okay? And and that kind of thing, especially with, you know, elderly people, it's probably for a lot of them, it's probably their only point of contact unless they go, you know, shopping or something like that. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it, one day it just sort of clicked. And I always remember coming home, it was probably about 18 months ago. Um, and there was a guy that I cut his hair and I remember he lost his wife to cancer and it, it honestly it ruined me I remember coming home and I was I, you know I was really upset about it and I don't even know the bloke really I, you know I'd only cut his hair a couple of times and but I think I remember saying to my other half then you know th those are the people you remember in the day you know with no disrespect you know if someone comes in and says oh you watched the football last night you know you watched the whatever 
you do, obviously you're talking about that all day anyway so you don't really remember but I think I remember you know I thought I think that was when it clicked to me and I thought you know the role that what I'm in I can actually help people here and you know be their sort of first point of contact if they need it and I think ever from ever since then really that I mean I'm 27 now so you know it's probably been about three nearly four years and I think since I think having that life you know with what happened to me and my partner as well I definitely think that put things into perspective for me as well you know just to kind of be kind because you, you, you genuinely don't know what other people are going through um, but yeah, I just even, you know, now that's one thing I'm looking forward to getting back to now, because I know there's going to be a lot of people who, you know, just probably need a chat with someone. Um, but just going to sort of, you know, uh, secondary school age, I've got a lot of, you know, young lads, customers at age. Um, and it, 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 I love seeing the first time you cut their hair, obviously because they're all nervous because they want the perfect haircut. This is the one they know you can do a good job. But once I've known I can do that, I, I love it. You know, I, I have groups of like five or six lads who are in, all in the same year coming. And, you know, it's just, I can see the confidence building in them all as well, you know, from like the first time, you know, I spoke to him. And and even sometimes, you know, you do get younger lads who come in and, and you know, who, who probably are a bit anxious and stuff. You know, it's, I remember going to the barbers when I was younger. It was a very scary environment sometimes. But I think, you know, if there's one thing I can say, to, as you just said as well, I think that, you know, if, if there's any lads listening to this, you know, next time you go for your haircut, you know, just even if you start the conversation, say, oh, you've been busy today, mate, or, you know, they'll happily speak to you. And I think, you know, that, that will give you confidence in terms of, you know, talking to people. And I think after you come away from something like that, like you just said, you will feel better for it. Um, but yeah, it'll, I think mainly, you know, it'll give you the confidence knowing that you can speak to people. Because I think that that's another thing now. I think, you know, the, the sort of the, the changing generation, I, I, you know, I said it on one of my pods the other day, the pressure now on, on younger people that age, as you said, you know, to have the right haircut or the right shoes. And, and I think, <clears throat> obviously, things are a lot more expensive as well. And I, when I used to be, it just used to be like a pair of black trainers for us. <laughs> but no, I think it's, you've, you've, you've just got to, you know, open, as you said, you know, you've got to open up and, and just don't let things, you know, kind of eat away at you, really. No, I think you've absolutely nailed that. That's, um, that's a big thing. You, t you talk about haircuts and it's a huge thing in school, <laughs> but you, you've got that opportunity there to talk to somebody you don't know. You've got yeah, an opportunity yeah. to talk to somebody and build those sort of social skills and express yourself a little bit because yeah. um, you're on the other side of it. You you cut in the hair. You want to talk to somebody. You want to you want to talk to people, and you've obviously got those skills to, to talk to somebody and potentially even prize out a little bit of their mental health and talk to them about yeah. that sort of thing. But yeah. I think everybody's sorry, got just, that. Sorry, I just wanted to say because that that that's I meant to say that just that's the point where I've got to now. I think you know for years when I was younger, I was always like, oh, I want to do the best haircut. You know, I won't I won't bother about talking to people. And then I think, you know, I've got to an age now where I just think, oh, I couldn't really, you know, it sounds horrible really, but the haircut doesn't bother me now. It's, it's the, uh, have I made that, how have I made that person feel? You know, uh, as long as he can walk out the shop and as long as he can say to his wife or whoever, his mum or dad, oh, that lad down the barbers, you know, he's a really nice lad. And I think, you know, if you can, if you can make, you know, if you can make people have that assumption of you, and you know just and you've done everything you can do to be nice to someone else i think you know that that's just the key isn't it really oh massively and there's that there was that whole hashtag that was going around and it's a shame it didn't really last seem to last that long and everyone sort of come out of the that sort of mindset now but it was a hashtag be kind because yeah, you don't yeah. really know what's going on and i think um obviously if you're a child you, you're gonna have fun you, you should have fun every day but you're gonna be talking to people and you you've got no idea what your friends putting up when you don't know what is going on in his life if he shared yeah. it with you or if she shared it with you um sorry there's, there's one what there's I... one example sorry about there's just one example yeah. i want to give um i always remember this because 
but, but he, he sort of he was involved in our football team, but he couldn't play because um, I think he had I think he had to have some hip operation, so he used to have walking sticks and stuff in school. And you know, this is a prime example for me now. When I was year ten, you know, there would be people. I wouldn't. I honestly wasn't one of the ones, but there was people who you know would laugh at him, snigger at him, walking past, you know, kind of take the, the mick a little bit. And I, I look back now and I think, you know, if there's one thing I wish I'd have done, and I wish I'd have had this mindset now to go over to him, you know, because he, he, he was always on his own, and just say, "Oh, how are you doing, mate? You're right. Are you coping? You know, do you, want, do you want me to give you an arm of your bag?" Or, and it's like you say, just little things like that. Now, you know, they go a long, long way, and people remember that as well. Oh, I'm, re I'm really glad you've given an example. Given an example of that, it, it's massive. Um, I had a best friend at school, and I, I thought I knew everything about him. Um, and unfortunately, he passed away um, not so long ago. And at his funeral, they'd, they'd spoken about things he'd done for his neighbours. And he'd go shopping for him. And he'd take the yeah. bins out and he'd wash the cars. And I had no idea he was doing this. Yeah. Um, so you've got no idea. And that was a good thing. That's nothing that's going to sort of affect his mental health, but he's helping other people. I had no idea he was doing that. And yeah. I, wish, I wish I did, because they might have inspired me to go. Oh, that lady, old lady lives down the road. I'll go and do her shopping for her. And then yeah. if I've done it, my mate yeah. might go and do it. And then everyone's much nicer to each other. Um, and it's, it's almost like a pack mentality in school that if somebody does it, who's potentially above you in that social pecking order, you think, well, if he's doing it, I'm going to do it and I'm going to join in with him. And then somebody else will join yeah, in with yeah. you. And then all of a sudden, you've got five, six, seven, eight people taking account of one person who doesn't deserve it. And if they've done nothing yeah. wrong, then yeah. it's like, yeah. like a pack mentality. And if it's that, that's the thing, using it as well. And I mean, you know, I can remember a lot of other kids, you know, in lower years, different years as well, who I don't think you ever think about that, you know, when you're in school. But I always, you know, think about how he feels at the end of the day after that. You know, he's going to go home, he's going to be probably have anxiety, depression, you know, you name it really, because you're not going to want to come to school, are you, if that's, you know, sort of you every day. And, and I think, you know, that, that's the important thing, really. I mean, I'm not sure whether it's, you know, still a, a, a bullying is probably a little bit different now. I suppose it's more, as you said yesterday, it's more. Um, on these now, isn't it? You know, your, your mobile phones and that now. But even then, you know, I mean, just rather than, you know, I mean, there's a lot of toxic things, isn't there, on the internet, as we all know. And I think, again, it's just finding the positives out of that, really. I mean, you know, rather than looking at something you don't really need to be looking at, you know, look, look at something that's a bit more positive for you, you know, whether that's a, you know, a YouTube video on mindfulness or, you know, being, being kind or something, or, you know, even just explaining symptoms and, and, uh, things of you know different mental illnesses because like you say then kids then might be able to see someone else in that classroom and think oh yeah i've seen that on youtube or you know he's, he's got uh, anxiety adhd whatever it is you know definitely and, and then if you say that you, you learn something new and you maybe identify with one of your peers or somebody and we talk about that pack mentality maybe you you being that person that instigates that conversation with them maybe your friend then sees you doing it and thinks well i'm gonna do that because i think somebody else has got a problem yeah yeah and maybe yeah. the pack mentality traditionally it works negatively, but could it work positively? And could we get people to um, one person's kind is, is two people going to be kind, three people, four people, and, yeah, and that yeah. sort of thing? Yeah. Try and build a pack mentality the right way to push yeah. each other up rather than drag each other down. It's really easy to drag, really easy, sorry, to drag someone down. Yeah, it's yeah. really the easiest thing in the world. It's the lazy, the lazy, horrible, nasty thing to do, but it's really easy because everyone's conscious. Everyone's got that self consciousness about them. Yeah, you, you pick something different in someone and think. But they're different to me, so that's an easy target. Not they're different to me. I'm gonna find out why, and I want to yeah. find out and educate myself about what why they're different. And um, that's really interesting in terms of you talking about. It. I think we've covered quite a lot. Uh, really interesting topics there. Um, another thing I wanted to talk on was in terms of routine. Did as a routine help you at all? Did, 
did you ever benefit from a routine you say about going to bed and doing those mindfulness videos just having that thing you know you're waiting for at the end of the day and it's going to yeah. calm you down yeah. and relieve relieve your anxiety and i think at the moment with lockdown children have had no routine yeah and they've allowed yeah. that and a bored mind is actually really really creative because it's trying to come up with its own things and that's when i think you start to worry about something that if you were busy it wouldn't have affected you but because you've got a bored mind you're starting yeah. to think what well, i'm just so yeah. and so thinking this or saying this or doing this and you drag yourself into a spiral of anxiety about going back to school or depression or um self-consciousness you start to sort of go into your shell a little bit and worry about things that yeah in in, the, in, in normal times maybe would never have affected you you'd never have thought about it because you've yeah. got this time to think with your own thoughts you start to worry about things that would never usually affect you and you say about that routine with mindfulness sorry um you've got something to look forward to at the end of the day in terms of all right it's going to relax me i'm going to reset myself and look forward to the next day did you yeah. did you talk about those yeah. podcasts do you find that those sort of mindfulness things really um really helpful or is anything else you've ever used that, that our, our kids could use potentially um i mean i, I suppose for me i think uh, it's it's setting yourself a routine i'll use the last lockdown as an example the first lockdown in, in obviously a year ago now I, I really struggled with it um, and I think there was one thing I never you know I, I've always been one of them and I was like it when I was younger I didn't want to go to school I don't, I don't want to get up in the morning go to work but I think like you said after having that sort of time to reflect and you know you can get yourself into a bad state of mind I, I remember when we went back in in September I was so anxious to go back to work and I think that's something a lot of kids will relate to now going back to school and I think for the reason probably similar reasons obviously not cutting hair but I was thinking the hell there's going to be 20 30 people outside the shop waiting you know it's going to be really busy i'm going to be back to back uh, i'm going to have phones going to be going are you open are you busy and i think i you know i was dating myself after being off for three months i was thinking i'm not you know am i going to be able to go back and cut hair? i haven't done it for three months um and I, yeah, as i can imagine you know i can imagine with a lot of kids now thinking the same thing you know they haven't been around kids in the classroom probably for so long and I, you know i guess <clears throat> that uh, although everyone wants lockdown to end i guess that's that's the other thing you know there's going to be a lot of people and i, I think I'm, i'll be like it to an extent you know i'll be a little bit uh, i don't want to you know sort of be crowded and uh, i suppose i do worry about that really but um in terms of you know coping and stuff like that i think for one i think i know a lot of i don't know if a lot of young people do this now but i think just going for biggest thing for me is exercising um and i don't do it enough i think if i did it more i'd probably be a lot happier but just sometimes I wake up in the morning and I don't even think about it. I get out of bed and I just go for a run. Um, and I know that's hard, obviously, you know, so, uh, depends on, you know, your age and stuff. You can't just leave the house. But even if it's, um, I know you've probably heard of it, like Joe Wicks, um, you know, doing yeah. that. I was doing that in the last lockdown. Like, and I was, I felt a bit stupid at first because I, I, I'll be honest, I thought it was more for like women and children, young children. But, you know, I was doing that with my other half and, you know, we was having a laugh while doing it as well. And, I can't stress enough how you, you'll never ever feel bad after doing some sort of exercise. You know, at the time you, you think, oh, I don't really want to do it. But if you can, you know, like I say, just do a little workout on YouTube or just come up with something yourself, um, I think that helps massively. Doing that in the morning, you know, that can really set you set your mind for the day, um, especially like when, when work's normally open. I, I tend to go to the gym for, a, I don't even do a lot, to be honest, but I tend to go for about half an hour in the morning just to, Give me that focus and then i know i'm not going to be thinking about all the negative things then when i go to work so i feel a lot worried 
Um, definitely the wakefulness. Um, I know there's an app called Calm. Uh, probably a lot of people are familiar with that now. Um, I think they do charge, but you do get 3Ds on there. Um, and I think there's there's a lot of exercises on there where it's they, um, there's one called Seven. I think Seven Days of, of of anxiety, and each day will sort of take you through a different technique of what how you can combat that. Um, as I said before, you know the biggest one, uh, the first one, the easiest one, if you like, is just sort of breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth, and then it's sort of uh, you know just focusing on on nothing really and, and and you know if your mind does wonder bringing it back to your breath or you know how relaxed you are but yeah i just think for me the two key things are probably you know mindfulness um, and exercise and i think you know the other thing is and i was very guilty at least when i was younger i suppose it's a bit harder now in lockdown but when you get back from school and your mom and dad ask you how your day has been don't just say oh yeah it's all right be honest you know if you've had a rubbish day tell them how you feel or tell them what's on your mind yeah, and alternatively, if you've had a good day, share it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I used to get home from school having a good day, and I used to think it's just easier to say, yeah, it's fine. And then yeah, go yeah. and go and do something else, go out with the mates, go, go and play PlayStation, it's just something else, it's easier. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think you realise when you're that age that parents really do care, they want to know how you've got on with your day. They're not just yeah. saying it for, for the point of saying it, they want to find out. And you mentioned a minute ago that physical exercise, in terms yeah. of... It's not just the physical benefits. You say you had a good, you had a laugh when you were doing it. You've got those yeah, social yeah. health benefits and those mental health benefits, and that's what exercise should be. It's not about right. Let's do this exercise because I want to have uh, six pack abs and huge shoulders yeah. and huge arms. Right, just a byproduct of it. Yeah. But have a bit of fun, have a yeah. laugh. You know, I, I yeah, worked yeah. at a gym before I was teaching. Yeah, and it was um, Friday afternoon, sort of five o'clock. I worked with a Land Rover, and it was almost like a, a social. Yeah. Have people coming in having a chat. How was you? Did you see what happened so and so at work? Did you see what happened? This happened, that happened. And they have that conversation in the gym. But then think if they, if they weren't there, would they yeah. have that conversation anywhere else? Probably not. So exercise has so many benefits in that respect. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think that's the other thing. I think you know, for me, I mean you can see it to the size of my arms, like I'm I've always been really wary. I think I've, it was another thing I was always anxious about, you know, exercising, um, especially going into gyms. Um, you know, I, I used to think because I'm quite skinny, I used to think, oh, you know, people are going to look at me and think, oh, you know, he's skinny, he don't know what he's doing. But again, that's all in your mind. You know, people, you know, if you go into them sort of environments, people, you know, if you ask them or talk to them or ask for any help, you know, it's more, they're more than happy to help. But uh, I mean, that, that's why I normally, you know, I, I tend to, I do tend to exercise on my own um, just because I prefer it really. Um, I, I think, like I said, it just gives you something to, to focus your mind on, especially exercising, you know, on the morning. And as you say, you know, you're having, if you can have a laugh while you're doing it as well, whether that's, you know, just meeting up with a friend and going for a 10 minute run, you know, it's just something, you know, it, it will definitely make make you feel a lot better. Massively. Right then, I think we'll we'll tie it up in a moment. Uh, do you have any resources that you'd like to share? Any, any websites that you think could be really useful for some of our students to visit? Um, you, you've mentioned Carl as the app. Um, yeah, any yeah. websites that um, you, you find I, I, particularly? I think um, Young Minds. Um, I know there's a mind, obviously a lot of people would have heard of Mind Charity, but there's one for sort of I think it's 24 and under. I think uh, Young Minds. Uh, they 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 put a, they've got a lot of resources online. You know, on loads of different sort of mental uh, illnesses, conditions, anything really. So you can find a lot out on there. Um, the other one I wanted to give a shout out to was uh, there's a group I spoke to. They only started up uh, but it's called uh, the ripple uh, suicide prevention 
Um, and I know, you know, we, we, we know that suicides, you know, are really, really high at the minute in this country of, of all ages, I'm guessing, really. And, um, you know, that they, I think they, I think it was the girl's brother who committed suicide. All it is now, it's, it's just to, it, I suppose, to be wary about what you're looking at online, really. Um, and that, you know, I, I know they've got, I think they, they, they did a, a meeting with uh, Google, it was, who want to try and in, implement this all idea so you know if you're uh, you searching on google it'll come up with a sort of a red flag and you know say put you in touch with a support group or whatever so that's another thing i would check out as well because i think that really can that that really and i'll you know you can get sort of brainwashed by the internet you know I've, i know many people who especially with all the conspiracy theories and stuff nowadays you can go off that but definitely um i'd say young minds uh, mind charity and uh, papyrus as well and that's p-a-p-y-r-u-s Lovely. I'll put those links in the uh, in the chat box at the bottom. I uh, really appreciate you being so open and honest and sharing your story. And um, I want to sort of direct anyone listening as well to the Blue Minds podcast. What is your Twitter handle so they can go and access that? And um, just give me one sec, mate. Sorry. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I always no forget worries. what it is. I think. That's no, okay. Yeah, it's, so it's just at Blue Minds Pod on Twitter. Um, the same for Instagram as well, um, and our YouTube channel with the Blue Minds. It's under Blues Focus TV, so you can find all the Blue Minds pods on that on that YouTube channel. Amazing! That's that's been brilliant. Um, I've enjoyed that. Really good. I'll I'll stop yeah, the right. recording, but um, yeah, that's been uh, 